0: and welcome back to the michael deacon program ladies and gentlemen we have a very very two very special guests james arthur ray and bersaba ray and i see them right now in real time ladies and gentlemen and they are both smiling they look great they're dressed uh magnificent uh, magnificently and i'm um, liking the background you guys both match you guys look great <laughs>
1: Thank you, Michael. <laughs> you, you can thank
2: Bersaba for that. Uh, I had nothing to do with the background. Ah,
0: yes, you needed a lady's touch, as they say.
1: Yeah. That's right. That's right.
0: <laughs> oh, yes. And Bersaba, I, I love that name, by the way. Oh, thank you. You don't really hear it very often here in America, obviously. So anytime I do see that, aside from like a reading an article online or a book,
1: I mm-hmm. see, wow,
0: Bersaba, that's a great name.
1: Yeah, it's not a usual one, that's for sure. Not even usual in uh, the uh well I got I'm Persians, but right.
0: yeah.
1: Yeah, it's not even usual for them either.
2: <laughs> well, if no. you know your Old Testament at all, it's a derivation of Bathsheba. Correct. So Yeah. She was uh the mother of Solomon.
0: <laughs> right which means
2: I'm really I'm really blessed um, to be married to the mother of Solomon.
0: Yes, you are. Yes, you are. (laughs) Maybe some
2: of that Solomonic wisdom will rub off on me at some point.
0: Correct. And uh, James and Bersaba, I definitely wanted to make the rounds here and just introduce you guys while I was hoping you would introduce yourselves to this audience. Some of them may or may not know who you are. And as I was telling you guys in the beginning of the program here before we went on air, I was like, Oh, James, who I, you know, I heard this name before, but I don't recall where. And then I remember, Oh yeah, I saw you James all over the place. At one time you were doing the talk circuit. You were on Oprah. You were on a Pierce Morgan show. You were all over the place at one time. Uh, maybe not for the, not the best circumstances, but I understand that. And life is all about second chances. It's not to demean someone and be nasty to them. I feel like everyone needs Sort of a, a second chance in life, uh, maybe even a third chance in life. Um, but James, I, I think we should start with you before we get to Bersaba really quickly here. Uh, th- there's so many things I want to ask both of you, but James, let's you know, let's have a little introduction of yourself here, James.
2: Um, let's see. Well, I was all over the media at one time. I I was I was kind of at the top of my game, and As you mentioned, you know, Larry King, Oprah, Pierce Morgan, all of those um, big venues, Today Show. And that was post the movie The Secret. So if your viewers are familiar with that uh, major phenomenon worldwide called The Secret, I was a co-author and I was also Mm -hmm. in the movie. And, you know, unfortunately, I was involved with a horrible accident in 2009. And three of my participants actually lost their lives in a sweat lodge, which literally broke my heart. And Michael, if you've, if you've ever lost anyone you love and care about, I, I was really close to these people because we had spent five days deep diving into unresolved emotional issues. It was a small event. I worked up close and personal with each one of them. And We'd done it for five years prior and and it was always kind of like a highlight. It was a graduation exercise it was a an experiential learning of of transference. Hey, we've done all this hard work this week, and now let's go do something that's a, that's difficult and overcome it, and that mean that will tell me that I can transfer all the hard work I've done this week into my daily life mm-hmm. back into my life relationships and business and It was always for five years it was a highlight something went horribly wrong in 2009. And unfortunately, to this day, we won't know for sure because the state didn't follow up on any evidence. And that's this is all public information. They They made an assumption and made a decision. And the decision was that I was a criminal, frankly, and that they wanted to charge me with a crime. And it it really blew my mind at the time, but it taught me some major, major lessons about how our legal system works in today's world and the weaponization of the legal system. I'm very, it's very easy for me to observe that now in our world because I was on the other end of that back in 2009, 10, 11, they charged me with manslaughter. Were you gonna say something, Michael?
0: No, I, I was I was just taken back. I was yeah, also surprised I, that uh I I'm wondering, did the United States attorney speak to you?
2: Um no. They talked to my lawyers.
0: Oh, okay. Uh, but
2: but they they charged me with manslaughter, yeah, which is intentional harm. And you know, there's there's so much in my book. The Business of Redemption, I talk about all of this, mm-hmm. and yeah. there's so much I could go into, and i won't be labored unless you'd like to get into it here today but but um thirty two counts of prosecutorial misconduct uh, there was a Brady violation suppression of evidence in my favor, and the fa- the state was actually sanctioned, and all of those things were grounds for a mistrial, but there was no mistrial, and so the long and the short of it, not only did I lose three people that I loved and cared about after devoting my entire life to trying to empower and help people, but I also lost my Inc. 500 company. I lost my life savings. I lost my home. I lost my reputation. Uh, all my so-called friends and colleagues from the personal development industry disappeared like mist in the noonday sun, oh, and that's yeah. really helpful. Yeah. that's that's another story we could get into if you'd like
0: absolutely uh, well, I want to talk ab- about everything uh, with with both of you here uh, I think that would be a fantastic conversation and you know what one thing I wanted to ask you uh, James is I- I'm sure you're, you're sick and tired and we're sick and tired of being portrayed as this uh, evil doer of sorts um, you were had all these accusations uh, about you that you exploited vulnerable individuals and I feel like uh, you know that's a little unfair to to cast that judgment on someone, and them saying you know you purposely murdered these people, and I think that that is crazy. I don't think you had those intentions of uh, harming anyone. Personally well, speaking,
2: sorry, sorry to interrupt. It it it's ludicrous. I mean, anyone who was thinking yeah. knew it was a horrific accident, and and yet, I've learned so much, Michael, about our. And I'll say this intentionally, our injustice system because it's not about quote a search for truth it's it is a it's driven by political power and greed and and that's exactly what was happening. Let's take down the big gorilla from Beverly Hills who's all over the media, and let's make a spectacle of it because i'm re I'm running for office and and you know, let's let's blow it way out of proportion. And fortunately, Michael, the jury saw it as you saw it, is that they couldn't find one shred of evidence of intentional harm. After a four-month trial, eight hours a day, five days a week, the state wanted 30 years. Mm -hmm. Um, Imagine the stress. And after four months of that, they couldn't find one shred of evidence of intentional harm because it wasn't there. I mean, it, it just wasn't. But... Um, what I got convicted of was negligence, right, right, which is a lesser inclusive, and negligence basically says some things were overlooked, some things could have been done better, and I can own that. I wish they hadn't have been overlooked. I wish they would have been done better, but I got two years in prison versus 30, which is much better. I wouldn't be here with you today if I'd have gotten what the state wanted, um, but here's Here's where Bersuba enters the story. Yeah, um, when I when I when I got out of prison in 2013, not that long ago, I was I was homeless,
1: mm-hmm.
2: literally homeless. I I lost everything tangible. Damn. I was yeah. I was in horrible physical condition. I was alone, and I was 20 million dollars in debt.
0: Ooh.
1: and so
2: <laughs> yeah, so that hurts me, left- and
0: I'm not even you, James. Uh (laughs) I'm feeling that one in in my heart right now.
2: (laughs) Yeah. So, so for the listener today, um, take, take getting indicted off your bucket list, you know, if it's on there, because that's just, it's, it's, it's a really costly endeavor. And, and so, um, and, and I, I don't mean to make light, but, but at some point you have to kind of find the upside and everything. And in 2013, I just realized I had to start, what I now call James Arthur Ray 3.0, mm-hmm. which implies there's a 2.0 and a 1.0. And shortly thereafter, I met Bearsaba. And mm-hmm. um, why she, she'll have to tell you why she was attracted <laughs> to me because I was 54 years of age, 20 million in debt, and sleeping on mama's couch. And that's not a real attractive
0: prospect um, for a young woman. You were very hot, but, James. That's why. Yeah. You're a hot commodity. <laughs>
1: See, he knows.
2: <laughs> He's too kind. Yeah. Um But I, no, I think it was deeper than that. And oh, and yes, a lot yes. of it, actually, I do know some of why she was attracted to me was because of her similar background and some of her similar pain that she experienced. And I'll let her tell you about it, escaping from Iran as a child. Mm. and right. And she right. could relate to the so-called injustices that had been leveled upon me because she'd experienced a lot of those herself. Sure. And she decided to literally help me rally. And And I can say in all honesty, she, she saved my life because she believed in me. And I, I didn't even really believe in myself yeah. anymore yeah. at I, that point.
0: I was about to say, so, so she basically picked you up uh, from the ground up, in other words, And James, let me just ask you before we kick over to Versa by here and let her do the rounds. Uh, James, do you consider yourself a good person? And this is something I ask everybody.
2: (laughs) I love we love this conversation. Um, We have this conversation frequently. If I may, I I do consider myself a good person and I know that I have some darkness in me. I I think that's part of self-awareness. People. I don't think we're born good people. Some traditions believe we're born a good person. And Bersubha can talk to this too, because we talk about it a lot. Mm -hmm. I think we're born with the potential for goodness, but a lot of it has to do with, are we trained properly and brought up properly to be good? Because if you look at a child, Michael, they don't naturally want to share. They don't naturally want to think of others. Mm, Yes. They're they're naturally self-absorbed that's not good and and so if and and boy we could talk about what's going on in our world today and the family structure and how it's falling apart but if you're not schooled and taught as a child then you have a tendency to not develop into good i i had a really good christian upbringing my my father was a protestant minister and my mother was Stricter than strict, and and I'm grateful for that. So, I think I am a good person. I've developed into a good person. I think I'm a much better person at this stage of my life than I was back in in you know twenty, thirty years ago. And I'm continually becoming better, and I, because I work at it. Mm.
0: That's a great answer. Mm. And for the record, mm. I don't consider myself a good or bad person. I, I feel like I've done a lot of good. And I Mm -hmm. feel like I've done a lot of bad as well, but every day it's uh, one of those things where you just try to be the better version of yourself. That's basically all you can do. And um, in this world, you're always going to be the bad guy in someone's story, no matter what you do.
1: True.
2: True. Yeah. You know, it comes to me, and Beresif is going to think this is cheesy, and hopefully you won't, Michael, (laughs) but... But I I love the Dark Knight series and oh, and from man. the Dark Knight there's no, a there's she's a checked line she checked out it, you know <laughs> I there's a line that says you either die a hero or you live long enough to become the villain yes sir and and I think that's very true and I've lived that <laughs> I I really have lived that yeah he
1: has
0: yeah so you have true. my friend I mean all you know if you search her name on YouTube. You know, you get all these uh, crime, like uh, the, the crime documentary podcast style uh, shows out there uh, examining you, James. Right. And they yeah. all paint you in the most negative way and they like take shots at you. And I just think, what's really the purpose? Why Why would you uh, throw these little jabs in there? It's, it's a little too personal. I don't like that kind of style. You know, if I'm mm-hmm. going to just trash someone, I'll just straight up do it. I, I won't do these little you know, these little passive-aggressive jet, like I'm just going to go all in on you because I don't really care. And <laughs> I mean, I do that on Celebrity Death Pool every other year. You know, I just trash <laughs> people. I say the meanest things I can. And it's a great time. We all laugh. We all hug. We all cry. It's a good time. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that's just, that's just how I like to kick it here, James and Bersaba. I like to have fun. I like to put on a very informative program, entertain people, but Inform them mm-hmm. as well. I mean, you got to do that. is, is That's important. But anywho, uh, back to you, uh, James. Uh, again, I, I don't like how they do that uh, to anyone, really. Uh, if you're gonna just do the whole, you know, side attack thing, I, I just think that makes it look kind of weak. All you go all in, or you don't at all, in my opinion.
2: I, I, I totally agree with you. And I, and I mm-hmm. think for you to say that you've done some good and you've also done some bad that that to me conveys a certain degree of self-awareness you know self-awareness is not always fun <laughs>
1: no.
2: um and and in the oracle of delphi in ancient greece know thyself uh, was the line to to know yourself is to be completely honest and mm-hmm. and being honest with yourself is not always fun but here's you know to answer your question about why do people take these passive-aggressive jabs. Yes, sir. I'll, yes, sir. I'll quote um, Carl Jung, who said, that which is most unconscious within us mm-hmm. must of need be projected out onto others. And and so I became the poster boy in 2009-10 of everything the peop- that people hated about the personal development industry. You know, it all came came yeah. down to me back to I was you, a representative. Yes.
0: you yes, yes you were the poster boy you were the whipping boy as they say and yes you were crucified by the media in my opinion literally literally oh my yeah, goodness
2: who, who once supposedly loved me and couldn't couldn't get enough of me so that teaches you a lot too there there's so many deep lessons michael
0: you were the flavor of the week for longer than a week my friend yeah, <laughs> you were the punching bag you were that guy time said oh one of those help gurus yeah like james arthur you know you hear that a lot at one time yeah. you did hear that a lot and again I, I always i remember back years back i remember they are really getting to this guy and I, and I always wondered was there some sort of ulterior motive at hand why they went at you in such a in such a way. I mean, all these articles disgraceful disgraceful guru and I I don't know. I thought it was too nasty in my opinion.
1: Yeah, there there was an underlying, if that's what you're trying to get. Yeah, it's like
0: James, you <laughs> might as well just uh pulled the shotgun out and killed three people the way they were making it seem.
2: Yeah, it it would have been much easier. You know, it was an accident. Even the ruling and again, all court yeah. records. Yeah. It, even the act, the, the ruling was an accident, uh, but I'm still some to this day still say murderer. Well, yeah. Okay. Whatever. And and you know the 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 great thing about that, Michael, is that it hurt. It really hurt at first, but now I'm kind of impervious to it because you can You have to get to a point where you know who you are, irrespective of other people's opinion. And I I don't find very many people get to that point, particularly in today's world, unfortunately. Um, So, especially the media, it's a powerful place to be. Mm -hmm.
0: It really is. And James, before we kick it back to Bursaba here, and, uh, you know, I love her story as well. And uh, James, I I wanted to quickly ask you, the people that uh, died, do their parents or friends still communicate with you? Do they email you? Do they harass you? What's the story there i mean i got plenty of stalkers so i know how this goes
2: <laughs> well if you if you don't if you're not making any waves michael you're playing in the shallow end of the pool that's my idea. um so no they don't in fact they have a restraining order on me but well, they do harass you though um not I, yeah maybe they still do i don't know they some of them go on these shows and 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 yeah some in particular do that and mm-hmm. kind of deride that's an easy, easy, uh, kind term for it, but uh, throw throw jabs and darts. But I understand. You know, I don't, I don't expect them to love me. Sure, uh, understanding and agreement are not the same thing. You know, it's interesting, Michael, because one of the the biggest haters, if you will, yes, or sir. attackers, is is in personal development, and and she's called a psychologist um which is part of becoming a better person which is really ironic to me because if you're a psychologist and you have clients you know 13 years later would would you be telling your clients to hang on to the past and to be hating on the past or would you tell them to forgive i mean my my position is you have to forgive if if not for the other person do it for your own self-interest. Mm-hmm. You know, forgive yourself, forgive the situation, forgive the other, um, for your own empowerment and release and freedom. So, it's again, we could talk about the whole personal development industry too <laughs> all day long because oh, yeah. it's very bastardized, in my opinion. And and believe me, I've been behind the curtain and I've been a part of it. Um, I don't mm-hmm. like to consider myself a part of it anymore. Uh, but I, I've i been behind the curtain with almost every single name you could name, and and it's it's not what it appears to be.
0: And, uh, you know, we will circle back to you because I have uh, some questions to ask you in regards to self-help gurus as well. But let's kick it to Bersaba here. I know she is ready to go here. So you were born in Iran back in uh, 1981.
1: yeah. I, You're like, was. Uh, I was born in the middle of a war uh, between Iran and uh, Iraq. And it was actually right around the time when Iran had its so-called revolution. I'll put that in quotes because it was more like a, uh, what do you, a devolution? Devolution. Going yeah. down. <laughs> it was when the Islamic Republic came and took over and, completely change the entire country in the name of so-called democracy which it really wasn't Um, and growing up and i grew up in the baha'i faith so anyone who's jewish baha'i christian were in the beginning tortured quite a bit taken thrown in prison raped killed until this day, uh people that are of those three faiths cannot own any businesses, they cannot go to school, they can't have uh go to school I mean go they can't go to college to get a proper education to um it it's yeah. And for those reasons we escaped the country, we didn't leave, we had to escape. Um uh, my father, the military, um Broke down our door and took my father away the first time, threw him in prison and there, when he get thrown in prison, you don't know you that you you think pretty much like that's it he's not coming back he's dead right so, um luckily, he did come back and he got thrown in prison once again, and the second time he got thrown in was because we thought he could come here first to the United States to develop a life. For the family and then bring us over but he ended up getting caught and got thrown in prison and so on the third time we all decided to come as a family and there you find you have to find someone and they have to smuggle you out of the country so we left middle of the night crossed the desert at the risk of being killed um and luckily we made it even though on the way through the desert the guy who uh the second drop off person who was supposed to take us to our um second stop had other plans (laughs) for us because now you get three kids uh and a woman and you know there's a lot of human trafficking that goes on too and he took us for you know try to get us uh, all of us we were dehydrated we didn't have any food no water the point of where my parents would pass out and he could just do whatever he wanted but luckily we got a police officer from the turkish the turkish police officer found us and uh escorted us to our second stop so that was that was a lifesaver there my goodness <laughs> uh,
0: you know you experienced some pretty wild things
1: yeah Things it's yeah things oh. that
0: most people probably will never um experience um bursa
1: in the states i would say probably not i mean i my first memories as a child was uh, bombs dropping in our neighborhood oh boy yeah it wasn't uh not exactly what you would experience here in the states anyway in other countries may, maybe 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 yeah sure.
0: but not not typically in america that's for sure and yeah. i i love that uh, i love uh, your bio it says that you were smuggled in here i thought that was uh, i thought that was pretty good they basically were though right i mean let's be honest
1: yeah i mean it it was it was uh you were we were literally smuggled and there's a lot of you know uh iranians that left the country in that fashion some better than others that we had to be smuggled out of the country which was uh yeah it's pretty horrific it's not fun
0: Absolutely. And Bursa, but what are some of your earliest memories of, uh, you know, coming to America and, you know, mm-hmm. seeing all the sights and all that, you know, what, what was coursing through those, those veins of yours? What were you uh, thinking that that at that point? You thought, holy shit, I'm finally in America. <laughs> Chapter two. Chapter two. Where are you, I'm
1: wondering what you're laughing at.
0: <laughs> because chapter 2 was
2: the the horrors are not over michael anyway, oh, i'll good. let her i'll let her tell
1: okay well at first okay at first it was kind of okay so the first memory i will say coming to the states was being able to sleep at night and not worry about bombs dropping oh, over goodness. your head And not hearing any gunshots or seeing people killed in the middle of the street or having to be worried that someone's going to some military is going to come and take you away, so that was by itself peaceful. It was great. It was like, wow, you know, what's this about? (laughs) Let me practice being a kid now or something. Um, The other parts was unfortunately because my parents had to work double shift jobs, so they weren't around. So the kids had to, it was me and my older brother had to take care of our youngest uh, brother. So we kind of, just the two siblings, we raised each other. And because of that, got into a lot of, uh, hung out with the wrong crowds, got into gang behaviors and drugs and smoking and alcohol and all that. What do you mean
0: gang behavior? When I read that, I'm like, did you join like a gang? Uh, Like, do you have like three dots on your your hand there? What's going on? <laughs> Fortunately, she doesn't have a
2: teardrop. Okay, um, yeah, I'm like a gang.
1: No, yeah. no, no. Okay, so I I did. I I the the people that I hung out with were from uh they wore the blue, so they were from the cribs. Oh shit. Uh, yeah, so it, it it was it was bad. Um wow. and I got lucky because I didn't um I didn't get stuck in and I didn't go too far. But I, but my nickname was Baggy. It should give you some kind of hint of what kind of clothing I was wearing.
0: Too. <laughs> and well, what, what, what came over you to do that, though, uh, Bersaba? I mean, what went through your mind? You're like, I'm going to join a gang. What, what, was your, well, what was your mind at that point?
1: Well, I tell you what. When you grow up with um, s- certain kind of traumas that you experience in, in a young age, you, there's certain things that develop within you that you you when you're that young, first of all, you don't have an outlet and you don't know what it is. But I knew that I carried around this um I can almost say that it felt like this rage because it was and it was it was formed by, you know, growing up in war. It was formed by having your parents ripped out of your arms and, and many other things. And When I so, therefore, I acted that was my way of acting out to get some kind of attention or love because parents weren't there, you know. I didn't have any of that growing up, it was more of surviving and not being killed type of thing. So, you develop certain things in you that uh, a child that grows up uh, in a home that's never experienced those kind of things would never even think twice about doing things like that but for me it was kind of like well it's okay it's it's not that big big of a deal type of thing
0: i see that i see and are your are your parents still alive they are they are alive. they are very they're alive and kicking
1: <laughs> they are alive and kicking and they've you know they've had their own battles and sure they've, they've experienced you know a rough life too and, and they're, they're, they're good people, and I do respect and honor them for being able to bring us as far as they did. Right. And right. to be able to, you know, provide a roof over our head. Have, and you, have you
0: told them that? I'm sorry? Have you told your parents that?
1: Oh, for sure. That you appreciate yeah, them and know. love them. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, I totally, it, and you know, they, and here's the thing, like from their perspective, when we came to the U S the cultures are completely different. So they had to, um, shift, shift. their okay. way of being of how are we going to raise these kids when we're heading up against a completely different culture and they have theirs. So there was a lot of, um, you know, going back and forth and they really did do, you know, I, you know hats off to them because they really did do the best that they could and i will say that the three of us are alive and that's probably a good thing we've made it
0: <laughs> that's true <laughs> so and
1: really needed in that sense
0: very so, good.
1: Yeah.
0: and uh what are, the brothers what happened
1: well, the brothers—they're my my oldest brother. He's you know he's doing well too. He, I mean, he he's probably the closest I would say to the same struggles that I've experienced, and he's had a pretty rough life. Hmm. He does have—he is married and he has three kids, and he's living in his—he's living his life.
0: Yeah, he's found purpose.
1: Uh, say that again. I'm sorry.
0: I said he found purpose.
1: Yes. Good, yes. Good, no. Good. He, he, He's very much a uh, religious person. He, oh, he's Bi- Bible Belt guy. He, no, he, with a uh, Baha'i faith, religious. Oh, okay, I see. Yeah, and he, he yeah, that's his, uh, I guess his salvation, you can say, saved him. I, uh, I've migrated when it comes to religion. You migrated,
0: <laughs> so are you religious, are both of you religious now?
1: I, you know, I've always followed and I think is what saved me and brought me out of the um, hell that I was in was that I've always believed in God and I've always wanted a relationship and looked for God. Now, in the Baha'i faith, it's uh, basically what it is. It's almost like a branch off and I'm going to say this for the first time here, and maybe some of them won't like it when they hear this, but it is kind of branching off the uh, Islam um, and Sufism. So, and what it basically says is that we have to accept everyone and love everyone and all religions, they all say the same thing coming from the same source. And they're all meant for a specific time period. Um, One of the quotes they have is, probably one of my favorites is um the earth is but one country and mankind its citizens now growing up in that i said okay and i've read the, their books and one of the books that i've uh read it kept referencing the uh, the quran so then i said okay well then i'm going to go to the source and read the quran <laughs> And when you read the Quran, it references the Bible quite a bit. So, and I said, okay, well, then I'm going to go back and start reading the Bible. So now I'm at reading the Bible, and I think to even to be a true Bahai, you have to start from where it all started from, and that's the Bible. So that's that's kind of where I'm at right now. Is that the Bible? Understood.
0: (laughs) Understood. And James, I I figure obviously you're religious yourself.
2: You know, I I believe religion. Boy, this is a an interesting topic. I I believe religion is absolutely necessary. And there was a time when I really rebelled. I, I used to be one of those guys that said I'm spiritual, not religious, and um, and I don't say that. I don't say that anymore. <laughs> um, I believe, and and if I can maybe tie some of this together, going back to what I was saying about upbringing: Are you a good person or a bad person? Family environment, I am eternally grateful for my my good Christian foundation and my family upbringing
1: mm-hmm.
2: uh, because it trained me here here's the thing about religion it's It tells you what not to do, and as a child, the most important thing a parent can say to the child is the word "no." Yeah. You know, we Bishop and I know someone who says, well, well, we never say no to our child. And we look at their children and go, yeah, and your children are from hell. Yeah, they're going to you know, suffer. I mean, they're <laughs> horrific. <laughs> so the most important thing you can say is no. And so if you look at the Ten Commandments in the Old Testament, it's don't do this, don't do this, don't do that. And that's a certain stage in evolutionary development. And maybe this is more than you bargain for, Michael. But I'm gonna I'm gonna continue on unless you stop
0: me. Oh no, I um, love that. Go ahead, sir.
2: And then and then, so I, I think religion that religious foundation. You know, you start with the Old Testament. Don't do this. Don't do that. Which is is a is a younger level of consciousness, which traditionally was supported by the family structure. Mm-hmm. If you go back historically to the 50s when when i was growing up it was a family structure you know the family told you don't do this don't do that the family ate dinner together the family you know was was the place where yeah. you got your training and and we've gotten way away from that and and so then you go to the new testament and the new testament is more about about a relationship with god call it faith call it Call it you know a higher level of not so much don't do this, don't do that, but here's what you should do, here's what you should be, and I think that's the next stage. So am I religious? That's a really great question i I have a tremendous respect for religion, and if I can wax a little esoteric here today, I would say i I consider myself a mystic and and the true definition of mysticism is someone who has a personal relationship with God. That's how it's literally defined. And so it's not a belief in God. It's not a, I'm spiritual. You look at a lot of people, Oh, I'm, I'm spiritual. I'm not religious, but you look at their behavior and they have no spiritual practice and, and they have, they have no discipline and they have a whole lot of of things that don't appear to be that functional, and and so I believe you have to go through the stages, if that makes any sense. And 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 I, at this point in my life, I have a religious background, I have I have a a do that become this, be this, a practice this, which is part of spirituality, and now I I have a a relationship with god not a belief in god but a personal relationship with god which makes me a mystic if you will
0: understood i'm not exactly a religious person myself but i do believe in a god and just to add more more um i guess brownie points to our christian friends out there you know they've always been uh, extremely kind to me and mm-hmm. uh, i've developed a lot of uh, friends with a lot of christians a lot of jews a lot of a lot of, a lot of muslims a lot of everything and I, I feel like it all just goes back to God. Right. And I also, yeah. this is a little controversial, but I don't even believe that you should even be going to church. You should have a personal relationship with whatever God, whatever you're, I guess, worshiping, uh, whatever you want to say. Um, that, like in the Bible, it says that begins from the inside and everything changes from the inside, as both of you know. Uh, kind That's of, right. Kind of weird, right? That everything does come from within. So I don't exactly believe in organized religion and I know that's going to bother some people out there but I feel like if you really are going to go down that that route it's more of a personal thing not a group not a group effort.
2: Mhm. Yeah, at some point in time your church, if you will, or your spiritual practice has to become your life.
1: Yeah.
2: It's not it's not something you do it, on weekends. It's not a or, once a week thing <laughs> or on holidays. Correct. You know, it it's your daily life mm-hmm. and it it takes discipline it takes commitment it takes perseverance
0: right it's not going to the saddleback ranch by the way uh, every other weekend <laughs> is what i'm trying to say that's yeah, a beautiful no. that's a beautiful church by the way no no uh, no shade no disrespect to uh, the, the folks out there by the way but you know i'm just uh, giving you an example but it is pretty wild though that all the world leaders go to the saddleback um, church there
2: yeah. Is that the one in Texas?
0: No, no, no. That's the one here in California.
1: Oh, oh okay. okay. Yeah.
0: It's the um, one uh, near like Irvine.
1: Oh, okay. I think, I, I, yeah, I've seen it off the freeway.
0: Obama's yes. been there. The Bushes have gone there. Who's, who's been there? It's pretty wild.
2: Well, then I won't comment. Yeah, then, then we'll stay away from that. I would have um, to imagine, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we're welcome there what's what's the one what's the one that's in texas i I can't think that's god's church (laughs) i can't think of the pastor's name i know there's one Um, in texas yeah what's that guy's name the guy with the perfect hair and teeth um (laughs) big stadium church
1: yeah i couldn't believe but
2: i see him uh, sometimes when we're going to church at the gym on sundays
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah you're talking about the lakewood church is that it? Oh, okay. It's 45. Yeah. There's like 45,000 people that go.
2: Yeah. What's his name again?
0: Um. What's that guy's name? In, anyway. Joel uh, Olstein, that guy? Joel Olstein, That's right. There you go.
2: Um, you know, and there's we see him when we go to church at the gym on Sundays once in a while. Um,
0: <laughs> Do you see him out there?
2: He, he's on. They've got the TVs on. Oh, him, oh the gym. okay, okay. And Berse, no, Beersheba is is like, holy Moses! Does, does he have that kind of crowd every week? And I, I,
1: I said, was blown away yeah, when I, I saw think, that. I think so.
0: It makes I you want to become so. a pastor, right?
1: Right. I thought, wow, I'm in the wrong business. You can get a private
0: jet. You know, you get a nice sum of money every month. <laughs>
1: Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> what
0: What do you guys make of that, by the way? These mega churches. I don't think God wanted you to have a, a mega church, and I don't think He wanted you to have uh, private planes and all these thousand uh, dollar suits, these hundred thousand dollar suits, almost. Um, your thoughts and opinions. Uh, I guess we could start with you, Bruce, but Look at you. I I, you, I know you want to go after somebody. <laughs> I could <laughs> tell.
2: Go ahead, Berseba.
1: I yeah. You know, I I don't. I think it's past God at that point i i'm mean, and i'm telling them like i i look at all these people well i only know a few of them one of them is the guy we we're just talking about and he they don't look they've got almost like a should i say an evil villain feel or vibe to him i don't right. i don't see god when i see them
2: like That's, gavin Newsom. You yeah, know, he he looks like a villain in a batman movie.
0: He really does actually. He definitely <laughs> looks like me? the super
1: villain. Yeah, the Joker or something. Yeah, he's not he's not fun. Yeah. Yeah. That's totally bad vibes right there too. Yeah, that's what they feel like. So if you were to ask me, I'd say I don't I don't feel God here. It's like talking about the Pope. I don't think he's uh I wouldn't look at him and go, Yeah, that's a man next to God. Oh, we just lost
2: <laughs> the Catholics.
1: Right oh we lost them. <laughs> That's okay. You know, I'm 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 for God. I'm not for evil.
0: (laughs) You know, one thing one thing I learned are is uh, the fact that crowds are lost and won again over and over.
2: Mm Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I can relate to that. Exactly. Um, I really can. I I think you know this. This is an interesting conversation, Michael. I love this conversation. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I, I do, too, um, because I, I I did a throwaway earlier about the bastardization was a term I used of the personal development industry. And I think there's I, I think organized religion to a large degree has become personal development. Oh, let's get a rock band on stage and let's let's sing some some great music and, and nothing wrong with music, by the way. I'm a music lover. But but let's let's talk about how God wants you to be prosperous, and
1: now give me money. <laughs> yeah, now
2: now now pass around the offering plate but but um, that's what's happened to personal development as well. I mean if you if you look at we, we saw speaking of a guru who shall remain nameless, we watched an interview with him just the other night and Tucker Carlson,
1: and um all he talked about all he talked was about was money. The whole time, I'm not quite sure how that fits in with someone you know their life. And
2: but. then, yeah, how do you become a better person when all you're focused on is money? You could mention it, his it, name,
0: by the way. We love names here. Um,
2: <laughs> well, he's he's a big guy with big hands and big teeth. Ah, um, uh-huh. that tells you anything. Um, <laughs> so, you know, all he talked about is money, and his new book is all about money. And his last three books have been about money, and then you jump over to another so-called guru, and it's all about how to become a million-dollar coach. And then you jump over to another one, and it's you know I I sold millions of books. Let me teach you how to sell write and sell millions of books. Well, that that's to a, me is yeah. a is that's why I don't want to be part of the personal development quote industry anymore because. It's, it's about what can I have and do versus who do I become? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the, the whole thrust of religion should be who can I become and what are my principles, my morals, my values, my virtues. And, and it's gotten so far away from that. The whole thrust of personal development, if you will, self-improvement, Mm-hmm. You know, use the terms. It's about improving yourself, not what you do, but who you are. And and that to me is what Bearsman and I are about. How can we become the very best person that we can possibly become and then maybe help you do the same thing? Sure. Because if you become the very best person you become, then you're in alignment with God's plan, in, 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 in our opinion. Right. And yeah. you're also much more happy and fulfilled. You know, I, I know I a lot of yeah. people, I've worked with a lot of people who are multimillionaires and even billionaires, and they're not very happy people. Right. right. They're just not, I'm not anti-money. You know, you may be aware that my New York Times bestseller is Harmonic Wealth. And I talk about harmony and well-being in five key areas, financial, relational, mental, physical, spiritual. But all five of those have to be firing, not just money. And unfortunately, in today's world, in my observation, we have knelt at the altar of money and materialism. That's right. And we've gone so far into the secular, and we've forgotten the sacred. And that's where we are in these turbulent times. You know, it, it's, it's, if I may, and I'm on a roll here. So That's okay. jump in But it, it's, it's no longer, you know, when we disconnect from the secular, and I, I'm writing about this in my new book, with, from the sacred, I mean, which I call a vertical, a vertical relationship. Well, obviously, it's metaphoric because as you made such a good point, even the Christ said the kingdom of heaven is within, it's not some condo on a cloud. But, if, if we disconnect from the vertical, metaphorically, then all we have is what I call the horizontal. And, and the vertical used to guide us about what's good, what's right, what's moral, what's virtuous, what's principled. And when we lost that, then all we had was the horizontal. Well, when you only have the horizontal, that's a secular world and what do you have to judge what's right what's virtuous what's principled well you have everyone around you so you look around you and you say okay well this is the right thing to do or this is the right thing to be well let's look around lying is not is not wrong anymore and and why do i say that well you know just look the, at the media yeah. the,
0: just turn on your tv several,
2: Several yeah. people perjured themselves in my trial and they got caught. The, the facility, you know, the, the medical evidence, 4,000 pages of medical evidence, if I may go back to my situation, from the guy from Harvard, went through 4,000 pages of medical evidence and said, these people died from pesticides. Mm-hmm. It wasn't heat. The state's whole case was heat. Then the owners of the property came and said, we don't use pesticides on our property. Well, lo and behold, one of their employees came and testified under oath and said, oh, yeah, we use pesticides. Well, that's perjury. <laughs> that's, that's punishable up to two years in prison. But guess what? Was there any punishment? No. You know, how many people are perjuring themselves in front of Congress right now? And, and so it's okay to lie now.
0: Yeah, too according many. To,
2: according to the horizontal view, the secular viewpoint. If that makes sense.
0: Oh, it does. It makes plenty of sense. And yes, all these liars are, are on TV and it's even, uh, it's being even uh, rewarded these days. Yes. Um, Yes. We all like to, um, well, not me and you, but the media likes to tell us lies and we have to pretend that it's the truth and run with it. And then you get punished if you, you know, if you don't bow down.
2: Yeah. Well, and even you are so correct, Michael. And even beyond that, you know, if, if you're, if you tell the truth, you're, you're persecuted, maybe
1: even prosecuted.
2: You know, I, I've it's lost almost
1: like we're living in the Middle East.
2: I've lost three yeah. social media accounts because <laughs> they didn't like what I was talking about, yeah. you know? Um, and all, I, you know, and I wasn't being really radical, but during COVID I was talking about, Hey, exercise every day, eat healthfully, mm-hmm. take vitamin D and, that wasn't the controlling well, narrative. We can't
1: do that fact check. Yeah, fact <laughs> right. check.
2: Yeah. let's shut him down. Um, so, it's it's and there's a lot a lot of individuals who are being not only persecuted but even prosecuted for coming out and telling the truth. But but I do believe you know that it's not doom and gloom. I I do believe that it's changing. I believe more and more people are starting to have the courage to wake up and the stand-up
0: and that that to me is inspiring i agree i agree wholeheartedly and uh by the way james i just want to say i do thank you for opening up about these uh, things these issues i i didn't really have this in mind when i was going to talk to you i was going to talk to you about the book but you know i thought this is the first time you're here on this program and people don't really know. well my crowd doesn't really know much about you i'm sure they they have um they have add Let's be honest here. That you know, They forget about things. They don't remember. Um, They've already checked out. Yeah, they checked out. But no, they they are really going to enjoy you and Bersaba for uh, sharing your story here. And before we go back to you, Bersaba, uh, uh, well, James, I, I want to kick it back to Bersaba really quickly here and say um, – Let's talk about how you encountered James Bersabaugh. I'm very curious. Was it love at first sight or did you just see some man there? And you're like, oh, I don't know. I don't know what's going (laughs) on here.
1: Yeah. Did he
0: entice you? What happened? Did he put the moves on you?
1: No. He was, he, I actually saw him um, on stage and it was the very first uh, speaking that he was doing after he got out of prison. And the reason I was there was that I had just gotten out of a divorce and, and I, and I, when I got married, I moved to Belgium. So I moved out of the States. Oh, damn. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) That is
0: crazy. (laughs) That must've been another. uh, Yeah. Wow.
1: (laughs) So I, I had to move back to the States and, and I had to start all over and I was mid thirties, I believe. Yeah. Early thirties, mid thirties. And, um, some some friend got me into this network uh, marketing thing. Said, "Why don't you you know check this out? Maybe you want to start a career here or something like that." I wasn't really interested, but I heard that they were gonna have one of the speakers from The Secret come, and I thought, "Well, maybe I'll go check it out." <laughs> so I'm already in my lows of lows. Uh, probably for the second or third time. I don't. I've lost track. So. <laughs> I go and uh, I'm sitting there waiting for this uh, so-called speaker to come and he comes out and I didn't recognize him because I've seen the movie The Secret before and I didn't recognize him at all. He had long hair with a goatee and he had the film crew uh, coming in with him because they were filming his, his documentary. Oh, yeah, that's, in right. He, at that yeah that's right. He had long hair.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah. So when he came in, I'm looking, I'm like, he's not from The Secret. And he happened to look right at me, and he smiled. And I was like, oh, it's the genie guy, you know? (laughs) Oh, there he is. I remember him. (laughs) Yeah. So he went on stage, and I had no idea what had happened, the accident that took place, because I was out of the country then. So when he went and did his uh his speaking, he was talking about the accident and he was really raw and real. And I thought, Wow, like what what happened? And and the thing that spoke to me was it was it was almost like, Wow, he knows how I feel. I feel exactly like that, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's what got me was I thought, holy crap you know, I can totally relate to what he's saying and it hits home with me. And the thing that that was one of the things that grabbed me. The second is this uh, this energy that he walks in with, it's palpable, and I wanted some of that. Ah, the charisma. Yeah, there was something about it, the way he carried himself. He just came in like it was like a wave. You can't teach you that, thought, by the way. What's that?
0: You you can't you can't teach that, by the way. That that's a natural charisma is what you are um, experiencing and explaining there, Versaba. Not all men, not all men are created equal. Some men have more of that uh charisma going that's oozing out of them. And uh, James, he's prolific, you know, he has that uh that sort of uh, command on stage. I, I could see it. I, he does have that aura around him.
1: Yeah, he does, for sure. And that the and it's just um what do you call it? It's like you want some of that, right? Um, so I went after him if, uh, for work, and I said, "I let me work for you. Um, now, how it happened is after the fact, uh, after he did his speech and so forth, I I found him on uh, social media, and I reached out to him, and I said, let me come and work for you. And he didn't, uh, we met for lunch the first time, he, so he could look at my portfolio, and... Uh, I I had actually gone on Google and I googled him before that, and Uh-oh. I thought, yeah, I bad, the stuff bad, bad. Yeah. <laughs> this this But here's the thing, because I had seen him in person, right, right, and I had the experience. And then when I googled him, I'm like, you know, this doesn't this doesn't match the person that I saw. It didn't feel right. It didn't seem right at all. So I thought, I'm going to reach out to him anyway. So then I did, and we met in person, and um, yeah, I said, let me work for you. And he liked my portfolio, and, and I started working for him. And the reason why I stuck with him and worked for him was because the person that I was talking to and the person that I met and that I've known for years now does not match what they wrote about him online. And it was the injustice that I felt that he experienced was a reason why I wanted to help.
2: Yeah, and and I I just have to add, <clears throat> excuse me. We we were friends and work colleagues for three years before we got into a relationship, True, and yeah. that was that was a whole other big dilemma mm-hmm. about should we put at risk our business relationship um, for a personal relationship? But she worked for me for three years. Uh, without pay, because I, as I told you, I was $20 million Mm -hmm. in debt, and when she offered to work for me, I said, oh, sounds great, and I'm not in a position to pay you. She Mm -hmm. said, that's okay. You know, I have a full-time job, which she did, and and so she would work, she'd get up and work for me from 4 a.m. till 6-ish, and get ready for work, go to her office work all day in her office, get home about 6.30, grab a bite to eat, and then work till midnight for me without pay and and get up and do it all over again the next day. And then she had Fridays off. She was a dental assistant. She had Fridays off. And so she would work all day Friday, all day Saturday, all day Sunday for me for three years with no pay. So that tells you a lot about this young lady.
0: My goodness yeah yeah no not everybody would be willing to work for free and um well <laughs> w- what exactly happened though uh james be honest with me uh who developed feelings first bersaba was it you <laughs>
1: um you know it yeah it yeah it's tough to say because i just came out of a bad relationship he had just gotten out of prison i didn't want to have anything to do with men in relationships yeah um but there was, I guess you could say there was chemistry there. From the beginning. From the beginning, and we both kind of tried to ignore it. We, we did. <laughs> for three you years, we ignored yeah, it.
2: We kind could, of tried to
0: yeah, find it. You, uh, you could only ignore um, it for so long.
1: Yeah,
2: because I, I'd been down the road before of dating someone that was working for me, working with me, and it always went bad. Yeah. Always went bad. And she was so talented and so good, and we became we became really fast friends, we solid friends. Mm-hmm. And and we talked about it and we said, "Hey, you know, I was thinking I'm going to lose my literally my best friend because I I wasn't the poster boy, I was the poster boy for everything wrong with personal development and I wasn't the poster boy for being great in relationships. I, I just I didn't have a a big history, good yeah. history of that. And and so I thought for sure it's probably going to go bad and you shouldn't do this. And so it was, we talked about it though, because we were friends, we were able to really talk mm-hmm. very transparently with each other about it. And, sure. and we made a commitment, Hey, if this doesn't work, then let's promise each other we'll still be friends, which that's easy to say. Yeah. At the outset.
0: <laughs> and you didn't we make both- her, uh, you, yeah. you didn't make her sign an NDA in other words.
2: Uh no well <laughs> joke of course twenty million dollars in debt Michael yeah yeah um, yeah I'm, there, there, was, there yeah, no there's do, yeah, yeah. To lose and 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 let me just address that too because you know when I was worth north of twenty million and I was making I was netting four million a year and my my company was making ten million a year oh here's the, dark, here's the dark side of that is that you never know if the person that's with you is with you for you oh yes uh, or if they're with you for what you can give them or do for them mm-hmm. and that that's a that's a real dark side of that mm-hmm. oh i want to be famous i want to be rich i want you know um but i know for certain that Beersheba is with me for me because when she
0: when she met
2: me there was nothing
1: there there was nothing there yeah.
2: except for me you didn't have a and sense of your
0: all, name I was pardon me i said you didn't have a cent to your name at that point
2: no and I, and and like i said living on mom's couch and 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 so in
1: the beginning i paid for stuff
2: she did and <laughs> and i was still very broken i was shattered yeah, was. when i got out of prison mm-hmm. i was very shattered i was yeah. disenchanted i angry yeah. you know yeah, you hated I, life I, at I, that
0: point yeah i understand
2: yeah i had yeah. a lot of healing to do it's okay yeah.
0: It happens. I mean, we all come to that point eventually in life. And some people find a religion when they're behind bars and only when most of mankind stops wanting to communicate with you, then you turn to the Bible. And that's often the case for a lot of people behind bars is that every single person out there in the world just uh, did not want anything to do with you. And then you think about, well, you know, maybe I need to change my life around and then that's when they get into the Bible or the Quran or whatever. Um, You see it all, you see it all the time, but I'm not, I'm not trying to insult anyone by saying that, even though I know it sounds kind of snarky when you do say that, me personally saying that, and I could hear myself, but that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying Mm -hmm. that, that, uh, that happens nine out of 10 times when you're behind bars. You're stating a fact.
2: You you really are. And, Mm -hmm. and, you know, I've been really blessed, Michael. I, I've been, not only have I studied all the world's great religions, but I've been initiated into three shamanic orders, one of them being Toltec. Um, I've, I've been exposed to mystery school teachings and a whole host of, of a variety of things, also business and psychology and, and all of those things. Um, but in the Toltec tradition, they state, and, and this is very appropriate for what you're talking about, that most people don't do what they need to do to change until they're backed into a corner with a dagger hanging over their head. And that's one of the reasons I love the Toltec tradition because it's very visual. It's very graphic, yeah. very straightforward. And, that, and, I, and that's absolutely true. Mm-hmm. If you're backed into a corner and you've got nowhere to go, then you finally start to look inside and say, maybe I need to do something different. <laughs> there you sure.
0: go. It all, Everything changes from the inside, as they say. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. And, and, and Bursa, I forgot to ask you this. Do you consider yourself a good person?
1: Ooh. I work at it every day. I can, I I can attest to that. She does. <laughs> that's right. All of us are there.
0: That's that's my point, you know. I I you know, I I hear people say they're good people and I I believe them. But I myself I I don't consider myself good or bad. I'm in the middle right now and I'm trying to achieve being the, the best version of myself is what I'm trying to say for the, the listeners out there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 a daily effort. It's not something I think we're born with for sure
0: (laughs) absolutely absolutely and um going back to uh first meeting um james there you guys are friends what was the first date where where did he take you where did you take him oh the first date the first official like real date not like business uh friends Uh casual and sort of jazz the actual like you know like a dinner date or a movie or the park or you know, one of these things.
1: Let's see. Well, do you remember the
0: first? <laughs> we did a lot of those things as friends. Yeah, we went we to movies and, movies and dinner. and um... Yeah,
1: we're mostly, when we did watch movies, we don't do that anymore.
0: <laughs> you guys don't watch movies no more. You guys checked out of the movies.
1: Yeah, we're totally checked out. Wow. After we've learned some things about some of the actors and
0: oh, yeah, the
1: whole industry, the whole we're like, industry. you know what? We're, we're done with this.
0: <laughs> You're done supporting that that's
1: right don't support that anymore
0: so you cut the box in other words the cable yeah
1: okay yes gone canceled Uh, our disney channel
2: (laughs) interesting (laughs) which
0: she she
2: was a big she was a big disney animation fan
1: yeah not anymore not anymore Uh, yeah yeah no we we like dinners We, we have uh in our conversations we have really good conversations mostly about this kind of stuff life stuff
0: so important stuff yeah real stuff yeah yeah, I like yeah, no. yeah i'm with you guys and um do any of you have uh, kids at all
1: no no we kids do
0: not. well sometimes we... sometimes bears can be quite a child i uh-huh.
1: can be a child that's enough <laughs> <laughs> do, do
0: do you it's both gonna... do, do you both ever like you know maybe contemplate what that would have been like if both of you you know had met sooner perhaps you know maybe even had a child uh, together have you guys ever has that thought ever um came into the ether for uh, either one of you no because i mean i'm looking <laughs> at both of you i'm like you guys would have been great parents
1: Oh, I, I
2: think you I I, th- I appreciate you saying that. I
1: do. I, I, I appreciate it. I don't know.
0: <laughs> we would
2: we would love to be great parents. Uh, love to if we were parents. If you uh, were parents right. Yeah, parents. no 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 I, I, <laughs> if we were parents, I wow. said. Yeah, and um, if you guys had I, a kid
0: together, I mean you guys uh you know, it would I, I feel I feel like you guys would have been really happy with that as well. Not that not that you're not right now, but I'm just saying, you know, I have a kid, you guys would have been happy smile Wait, even we, more
2: we have a seven-year-old dog um does that count that tiny, counts yeah tiny, <laughs> a tiny multi-poo I, yeah. have a, I, big I have
0: i have a cat uh, who who i believe is my child so
1: oh
2: there yeah. you go so, treats treats flow is her name with a w like like a child she, yeah. she really does <laughs> she she takes her maternal instincts out on flow
1: i i don't think neither one of us i haven't you know as as a woman, I've never really actually wanted a child. And I probably had to do with my childhood. I would mm. I would imagine I did not want to have kids. Right, yeah. right. I could, um, I can understand that. Yeah. But I yeah, it's, it's just something that's never crossed my mind. Or, 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 or his. Mine really. mine
2: either. Um yeah. I was always a man on a mission. And I had this hey, I hear you know, that I now believe it's an erroneous belief, but I had this belief that you can't be a man on a mission and be a good a good father. Um, I always said, Hey, if I was gonna be a father I'd wanna be accessible and be home a lot more and I w there was a long period of time when I was on the road over two hundred and forty days a year. Right. And I just didn't see how I yeah. could be a really, it's, I, I mean, it's kid. true.
0: It's true. I mean, it's not possible at that point because what you were doing, you have to be all in you can't just be one foot in one foot out.
2: Right. Yeah. Right. It's true.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, and yeah. then, you know, there, yeah, yeah. At this point we, we have, we have some clients who are kind of childish. Sure. Um, <laughs> <laughs> does
1: that count? That does count. Yes. <laughs>
2: If that counts, and we and we're you know we we serve them and support yeah, them. Yeah, I mean, and... our
1: time is dedicated. We're very much. Um, I don't want to cause saying customer service oriented really cheapens it, but we're very much dedicated to serving our people to our absolute best with our time. So most of our time goes there. I don't think we would even have the time to have kids in there somehow. Right. <laughs>
0: And uh, you know what? By the way, I, I um I hate to go back to what we were talking about a moment ago, but you know you brought up Gavin Newsom, and the whole time I was thinking about his ex-wife uh, Kimberly Guilfoyle, and uh, I forgot all about that. And uh, <laughs> uh, you you guys are not familiar with Kimberly Guilfoyle, or that's uh you know one of the the Biden's um, uh, wife there. No, no, well, no. But she it, was. No, a, I mean, she's you? a very right wing sort of a uh, person. No, nothing wrong with that. You could be right-wing or left-wing, but, you know, she was with Gavin Newsom at one time, and now she's on the polar opposite end of the political spectrum, which I found uh, rather interesting. Mm. She's also former Fox News anchor, is what uh, she's mostly known for.
1: Oh. She's going out with yeah.
0: Donald Trump Jr., by the way. That's the, the, the wife. Oh, <clears throat> Or girlfriend, which? but, you know, I don't know when they're going to tie the knot.
1: not. Oh, she is with Trump Junior, is that what you said? Correct. Mm, I did not know that. Interesting. Did you know that?
2: Well, you know, when you dive deep into the dark, you you want to go to the light. <laughs> so <laughs> I agree. Maybe that describes it what she what's happened for her. I've spent too much time in the dark.
0: Uh I'm going right, that's kinda of strange. I'm going to go to that. the opposite end of the spectrum.
1: Yeah.
0: That's right, that's right my goodness my goodness and um you know again I, I do want to thank both of you for opening up here and i know the latest book was uh titled uh, business of redemption i believe correct correct very very nice and people can find that um everywhere i would imagine
1: well, well yeah we can give your viewers a, a free co- a free ebook copy of that and you can just go to harmonicwealthglobal.com Forward slash redemption
0: very nice i feel like uh, we, did, we didn't get a chance to cover that but uh, i don't want to spend uh, i don't want to waste all of your time basically is what i'm trying to say here but you know i do want to thank both of you for being a part of the program i feel like i need to bring you guys back on so we could talk about all sorts of things and you know, we barely scratched the surface here
2: yeah we'd love to we we would love to come back on this has been very enjoyable um you you're a great person to talk to, besides the fact that you have a nice voice. You oh, know, I appreciate yeah, that. You know, <laughs> yeah. And no, it's 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 nice that we were able to get into a lot of these topics and, and we would love to come back if that's valuable for you and your listeners.
0: Absolutely. I think they will both all my listeners I think will enjoy you uh, both. And uh, you know, I enjoy both of you very much. Again, I feel like we barely scratched the surface here tonight, but we'll definitely do a round two of this conversation. We'll pick it right back up and uh James and Bersaba uh, plug anything both of you guys would uh would like uh maybe even uh say something a final word of sorts as they say on all these prominent shows from the past James I got that Jerry. from uh, I got that from Jerry Springer by the way the final word <laughs>
2: yeah nice nice job um I I would just like to remind everyone given what's going on in the world today that and this is scientifically proven, and I won't spin off into science here because we're wrapping up. We can do that next time, but um, we grow the most and learn the most in the crucible of challenge yeah. we don't grow the most and learn the most when we're sipping the fine wine and smelling the roses. We grow the most and learn the most in the crucible of challenge it's those it's those difficulties and sometimes even apparent evils that are the great test of our of our backbone and our character and it causes us to rise to the situation and to realize and remember who we really are. And so, you know, we're in turbulent times and I would say if you're facing turbulence in your life, with so many people are right now, take heart and keep the faith because the nightmare is waking you up mm-hmm. And and we have to remember as you sit up in bed and you wipe off the sweat. And your heart stops beating so rapidly, oh, it was the nightmare that woke me up. You know, I'm so grateful the nightmare's over, but it was the nightmare itself that woke me up. if you follow the illustration. so hang in there and keep the faith because good and God always win. They always win
0: i
1: um I'm going to end with that too. <laughs> okay, no, no
0: problem. No problem. That's HarmonicWealthGlobal dot com. Go there and uh, get more information on our lovely guest here. And uh, with that said, I always a honor and pleasure to talk to uh, both of you here. And we'll do it again on the other side, my friends.
1: Great. Thank, Thank you, you so much. God bless. Thank